0: We are very happy because uh, this is definitely a very special podcast with a very distinguished guest. Uh, he represents one of the most influential newspaper in the world, which is read actually in total of 193 countries over the globe, including Tuvalu and Antarctica. <laughs> and uh, the newspaper is boasting 4 million subscribers, won 127 Pulitzer prizes, more than any other in the world.
1: So with that big introduction, welcome Mark Santora, the Bureau Chief for Central and Eastern Europe for the New York Times. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you for having me. Okay, great. So I'm a little intimidated, to be perfectly honest, because... Just like me. Well, as we were talking, usually, you know, I talk to... I interview people that don't know uh, how to interview, but you are a journalist, so I'm a little intimidated.
2: Don't be. (laughs) This
1: will be easy. And plus, you're from New York and I'm from Boston, so we're inherently sort of already at odds. But we'll make make this work. Um, Mark, thank you for coming. Uh first question, how long have you been here in Poland? In Poland about eighteen months and then with the New York Times it's actually the only
2: place I've worked. I started as a clerk. Oh, my God. 20 years ago now in wow. Washington DC and wow. so I've uh, bounced around different places different bureaus different jobs but this job it's about 18 months now so have you
0: basically climbed the ladder from the very bottom to the almost very top <laughs> I so don't like know about that hudsucker the... <laughs> proxy like yeah, starting in the mailroom I,
2: I wouldn't quite say the very top but I've 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 done a lot of stations of the cross at the times and and not in a punitive way but in a in an <laughs> interesting way I mean the great thing about the paper in some ways is because it covers so many places it's almost like a candy store. For instance, you know, I covered public health for a while in New York, which is very different than the war in Iraq, which I covered, which is very different than this region. And so I think part of the appeal for for people like myself, who are somewhat ADD and, and like to, to, you know, see different parts of the world and, and do different things, the New York Times offers a, a, an unbelievable vantage point to do it's that. it's absolutely
0: true, because uh, I'm reading on a newspaper in, in my app, uh, articles ranging from like the world politics, what's happening in Syria, to yesterday I read an article about what to do when I'm called. How should I support my um, immune system? So there's everything in New York Times.
2: Yeah, it's sort of, I mean, I think sometimes in these political times when the focus is always on politics, people, you know, when they talk about the New York Times are often talking politically, but that's you know, it's an important part, but it's not, it's maybe 10, 15% of what the New York Times does. And so, you know, if you're interested in culture or sports or art or theater or just fun stories, I mean, there's, there's a, the lot, a lot of things. It's the crossword, crossword. Yeah. yeah.
1: As it gets yeah. harder every day, <laughs> I found out. I'm not a Sunday guy, I'm more of a Monday <laughs> kind of crossword guy. So where, where else have you been? And 18 months here, we'll get back to Poland, but I guess maybe kind of take us through from... <laughs> Mail or uh, from where you started?
2: Yeah, I, I started as a clerk in Washington, D.C., working for a columnist there named Maureen Dowd. And oh, well I did on. that for about four years. And then 9-11 happened. And soon after that, I went to New York, um, where I was on the city desk. And I won't go through step-by-step, step, but soon after that, the war in Iraq started, yeah. and I was over there. Oh, wow. And then back and forth a bit, I was there again in 06, 07, 10, 11. Um, and all the time going back to New York City on different beads, doing different things. Um, and I had a little stint to between there and Africa for about a year. Um, and so, yeah, it's, uh, it's been Iraq must have
1: been interesting, just to put it diplomatically.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, very different situations at different times. Yeah. I mean, I think in the beginning in the war and the invasion, like everyone else, not knowing exactly what we'd expect. And, and you know, and then in 06 07 was probably the darkest time I was there. Mm-hmm. And then 1011 was the drawdown. Okay. And that was, you know, a, a different time as well. So different experiences each time.
0: Just as I said in my introduction, uh, and this is not an exaggeration, this is one of the most influential newspapers in the world. Do you feel first that you have this cloud, and does it make you like sometimes a bit reluctant to be a bit more like open? Or-
2: no, I mean, I think we take the responsibility very seriously, and especially in this region where you know, you have press freedoms under stress in some countries, you don't have sometimes that vibrant media culture that the New York Times invests the resources where we can come in and, and hopefully give an objective, but, but you know, very strong account of what's happening. And so you feel responsibility. I wouldn't call it necessarily pressure, but, but you're aware of, of the responsibility that, that goes with that
1: of getting the story right. Interesting. So, I mean, what what kind of experiences have you had here? Um, you mentioned under under stress, under threat. I mean, what how does that impact your work?
2: I mean, so I covered basically 16 countries in this region, going from the Baltics down to the Balkans, and each of them have a different sort of landscape when it comes to the media. I mean, for instance, in Hungary, there is basically no more independent press for all intents and purposes, or some some very minor. Here in Poland, while there's pressure on some of the independent media, there is still a very vibrant civil society you go to Serbia which is not in the EU and you see a different kind of pressure um, often you know with some sort of uh if not actual violence, threat of violence. And then you go down to Slovakia, for instance, where we saw the young journalist murdered there who was looking into corruption. And, and you know, so it's, it's hard to, to generalize sure. in a region, but I think there's different stresses and different pressures, and not the least of which is just that we're all facing is financial. It's, it's yeah. not easy for, you know, old legacy media or print media to, to
1: make money these days. So. How does that, I mean, that's a good question. And it's, and it's one of the questions I was meaning to ask is, I mean, we all know the pressure of the media, the digital media subscriptions. I mean, A, it seems like New York Times is doing... Okay, they're Knock they're, on wood. Yeah. Uh, expanding, growing. And, and also, as I understand it, and Anjay, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and actually, Myra, correct me if I'm wrong, you have an investigative aspect, which is something, I guess, that a lot of newspapers are under threat. Is that accurate?
2: That's, that's absolutely accurate. And while I'm one person covering this region, we have other resources we put in the region and, and around the world, whether it's a cultural reporter who will come, an investigative team or others. And I think... You know, one of the things that makes me proud to be at the New York Times is even during the period when the finances were the tightest, they never cut in the funding for the on-the-ground reporting. And I'm expensive. Yeah. <laughs>
0: because, uh, I we have no doubts about it. But uh, there was this talk at some point that uh, because of the digital revolution, the press, as we know it, is coming to an end. And all of a sudden, it seems that New York Times is one of those media which was able to transition very smoothly and take advantage of the new media you have so many digital subscriptions i myself i have an app so you are now better off with the digital than before
2: I mean, yeah I mean absolutely, but from the inside, I don't know how smoothly they would say but <laughs> but I think they made a decision very early on that that it's the platform platform agnostic whether you get the news in the newspaper on your app or you know on your Kindle whatever it may be, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting the product and then they've been trying to figure out a way to marry that with how do you make money from it and so I think you know me personally, I think in this environment where fake news and trying to find trustworthy sources is harder and harder, the reputation yeah. and brand of The New York Times is more important than ever. And so that helps.
1: And I think and I would imagine they put resources in investigation because it, it might not necessarily add it adds value in overall. I mean, it's expensive, but it, it, it does contribute to the brand, to that sort of quality control.
2: Yeah, of, I in, mean, they often talk authenticity. about the, the
1: things that you can
2: only find in the New York Times, the right. kind of thing that, again, this is not so much what I do since I'm more of a, a fireman often, but in some longer enterprise. But, you know, they'll have a reporter, you know, they had reporters looking for over a year at, at President Trump's taxes, for yeah. instance. I mean, the, or, you know, and, and and they have other investigations ongoing now that are take time. And you know, then,
0: Also, when um, I was... Uh, reading, but not only reading and watching the feature about the man from New York Times. It was like almost a movie. So you were able to take all this investigative effort and then presented in a very novel, very modern way. Right? Well, yeah, and this is
2: where where I think there's, there's no longer the days when just one reporter can go out there and do everything. It's really a, a more and more of a team effort. You need the producers, you need the graphic designers, these people that make the stuff when you pull it up into your phone look cool and,
1: and compelling. What about the Polish media landscape? I mean, do you work with Polish media? Do you have relationships? Do you work to, uh, collaboratively? I mean, can you maybe talk a little so, bit about So,
2: yeah, that? so the Bureau, we, we I work with Joanna Barrett, who is amazing. She's on the New York Times staff. She is Polish, um, and when I'm traveling, and even when I'm not, she really is the resident expert on all things Polish. And then we, you know, I'll, I'll meet and talk to. For instance, I was talking to the editor of uh, Gazeta Wyborcza. For, for I'm horrible at pronouncing Polish names, <laughs> That's but part of the that, test. Yeah, that was a very good <laughs> this,
0: this is
1: what we do. We put you in the torture chamber. So,
2: but I, you know, I'm him. meeting with him. I'm always interested in what's happening in the in the because it's part of the story of Poland. And yeah. so, you know. One of the challenges here often for international media in this environment is this you know there are some governments who are less open to talking to us, and and they come at us with a level of suspicion. Um, and you know we just have to work through it and try and convey where they're coming from as well, even if they don't want to sit down and talk with us.
0: And even if uh, they are reluctant, is the New York Times brand a door opener, just like CNN is a door opener to many politicians? <laughs> yeah, otherwise it, talk. It, right? it can
2: kind of go both ways. I mean, I think you know, I, I mean, you know, again, without being too too political and. In this, I would I would say there are some leaders in the region here who don't see any gain from talking to the New York Times. They think you know the only it, it, from I think they're wrong. I think you know it, it's invaluable to have everyone's perspective in a story. But they you know for their purposes they feel like it can only can only lead to some sort of
1: trouble. So eighteen months here. Uh, what are your impressions of Poland? I guess culturally, not professionally. I guess we could go back to that. But like, what's your First impression, 18 months
2: So I arrived in the winter uh, 18 months ago, which (laughs) first First impressions were I I was surprised by how early the sun went down. And and Warsaw as a city, I've grown to really, really like it. But it doesn't it's not uh, like some of the other cities I travel to. It doesn't open itself up to you easily. It Mm -hmm. takes some discovery. But once you do that discovery, it's really rewarding. And I think it's got a very vibrant, more vibrant cultural scene than I've seen. You know, I had some. Correspondents who had been here years ago, and they came to visit, and you know they were here in the 70s or 80s or even the 90s, and they were shocked by just the transformation. Which you said
0: Warsaw, the, also, uh, the yeah. New York Times of the Central Eastern Europe,
2: is Warsaw yeah, as is a it. city. Yeah, I mean I think as a city, it's it's definitely the. I, I don't know what the right the right word would be here, but it's it's got a lot of uh, of energy behind it, and I think you know sometimes when you think about Poland, is Poland going to be opened up to Europe or closed to Europe? I mean Warsaw feels like a European
1: city. And have you traveled around the country at all?
2: Yeah, so I, you know, we I took some trips to the east again, working on political stories, trying to find where piece's base of support is. Mm-hmm. Um, traveled obviously to Gdańsk, and Krakow, and these places. Um, and again, I think the thing that I'm always sort of struck by about Poland is just trying to always put it in the context of this is. This place 30 years ago was a different world. Yeah.
1: And I mean, always keeping that progress in mind. Is that coming through? I mean, I, I read the headlines. I read them. I, I watch the media. I mean, sometimes it's interesting to see how the West portrays, lack for a better word, Poland. Cause, and I know it, Pretty well, and then I see it in the in in the in the press. How do you see it being portrayed in in the broad? I mean, I know that's a very tough question. Yeah, I mean,
2: well, not not just in in the U.S. audience, but I think right. for you know, I had a colleague from Germany coming through the other day. I mean, I think look, it's always tricky the, the things that get written about often are the things of the moment and in the news. And if right. all you were reading about Poland were the political stories, you might think that all people talked about here was immigration and gay rights, and right. and those are two very important topics. Or the but, forest, yeah, or right. the forest, but. So So there and these are all important topics but again i think you know broadly
1: i I think most people focus on themselves
2: and don't think think about you know elsewhere so i think
1: yeah i i I couldn't guess how other people i mean i know i mean i know my own experience with poland and, and, and i've been in the u.s i mean it feels like i think the the perception of poland even in the united states especially has changed in the last 20 30 years i don't know if the story is completely getting out i think there's still more work to be I th- Not work, but I mean more uh, prom- promotion, I guess.
2: I think for people who are aware of Poland, I think that it is, and I think, but I think even for those who are, like I said, I had. Colleagues who had been here, you know, and read about Poland, but coming here and seeing, yeah. you know, especially in the last eight to ten years, just it's just yeah. again, I wasn't here, so I'm using them as got in some other Polish friends and, and people I've met, but I think you know, I think it's it's pretty stunning, particularly in, in the cities.
0: Right. I know that Scott has already mentioned about it and touched upon it, but I was just to, to ask one more this question because I'm very interested in that. Would you say that Polish media mark? market, including the print, that television is a fully developed and colorful landscape or there is something still missing?
2: In I mean, world? again, I think if you talk to people in the Polish media, they're worried. I mean, they think they are under a kind of pressure that they haven't seen in their, in, you know, the post eighty nine. So I think, you know, whatever I say about the current landscape needs that as a, a background. Um, but I do think you have very good journalists here. And you look at this documentary that just aired about, about the church the church issue yeah, and the yeah, seventeen yeah, million views yeah, and I yeah, watched yeah. that two hours it's really powerful yeah. journalism. So there are some and there great is such yeah. a
0: huge response from politicians in the church immediately, right?
2: Well I mean yeah I I, I would I, I would I would <laughs> again words are easy but but and you know the the politicians made a point of not mentioning the church and we won't go into details Uh about about the the response and it's still playing out but yeah i mean i think but it shows you that there are really good journalists doing powerful work here and i think you know the threats that they're facing are real and it would be a real real shame for the country if you know those voices were stifled
1: and it's a busy year this year. the two elections. Is that something you'll be following, the parliamentary? Absolutely.
2: Election? I mean, you I think, know. you know, for the New York Times audience, the the European yeah. Parliament is sort of a not an easy sell for readers. And yeah. quite frankly, it's confusing. And so we'll cover that, but broadly, yeah. um, not sort of on a, on a granular country by country. I don't think. Maybe my editors yeah. will disagree. It's um, more trends. And overall, yeah, and just of. what are we learning from it? But I think this election coming up here in October, and this is not my personal opinion, but what experts and tell me is perhaps the most important election in Poland since 89. So yeah I mean they think the country and again without you know without going into specifics they think that Poland is at a moment where it's trying to define what it is. Mm -hmm. Is it an open pluralistic society? Is it something else? And so you know it's going to be a critical election. What, what,
0: what would be your take? What would be your answer to this very important, momentous question? I
2: mean, I think it is. I think it's a, it's an incredibly important moment for the country. And and one thing I try and caution, you know, my editors when we're talking and 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 just again, it's all of perspective too. I mean, you know, Poland is a relatively new democracy. This is thirty years. Some of the things, the institutions here aren't as as deeply grounded as they are in, in say the US or other places. So some that's why I think this election is so critical because I think one of the key issues in this election revolves around rule of law. And and again it has to do with not just Poland but the EU mm-hmm. and more broadly western society. And so so these questions are on the ballot essentially. Mm-hmm. And so and we'll see where where Poland comes down
1: on them. So any other any tidbits of any other uh Stories upcoming in the pipeline. That you
2: no, but I think I think i think, besides um, the election. Yeah, I mean, I found anniversaries to here to be quite important, <laughs> and we have a, a few big ones coming up. I think <laughs> yeah. the 30 year uh, anniversary
0: free election. That's what. Yeah. that's also that it's big a very, for us. Yeah, well, yeah, good, it's, good question, yeah. Scott, because there is this anniversary coming uh, in a couple of days in Gdańsk, and yeah. the whole world is going to converge in Gdańsk because it will be the 30th anniversary right. of the first partly free election in Poland, right. 1989. Right. Are you going so to so
2: we don't. It? So what we would. What I'm going to try and do is we don't cover the anniversary as just sort of stenographers, but to try and find a story that would run around that that time that would explain, okay, here's Poland today, here's how it got here, and mm-hmm. these are the divisions that, you know, have emerged since that time of 89 and I think a lot of the figures and characters you see on the stage today you know we're all around in 89 and and some of them can't even sit down for dinner together so I I mean I find that dynamic fascinating and so for my purposes that's where anniversaries are useful it gives you a chance to step back
1: it's a vehicle to discuss some other other issues and I mean I've, I've seen my own experiences just a very kind of civic mindedness. Like if there's, there's a law, if there's a proposed law and within a week and people don't agree with it, within a week I see protests. I see 100,000 people. I mean, I, I find that very responsive and very actually refreshing in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's almost like it's action, it's citizenry, citizenry in action or democracy in
2: action. It is, it is one of the, again, harder challenges of figuring out how to cover because some protests go somewhere, some don't. For instance, I was down in Serbia and week after week you'd have 100,000 people out in the streets, but... Not many, not many people believing that you know the the leader there Vucic is going anywhere, and yeah. and, and and hard to keep that sustained. But here you saw protests, particularly the umbrella movement, right. for instance, around abortion that moved politicians, right. Right. and that's fascinating.
1: I mean, it's it is it's a really uh, from from an American perspective, it, it's something to really behold, and because I you can sometimes get jaded and see oh, it doesn't make a difference, it doesn't matter, your voice doesn't matter, your vote doesn't matter, and I've been very very pleased to see sort of the not only the, as you said the the action but the reaction. And that give and take, which is really the essence of democracy. You know, so that's that's been refreshing. Uh,
0: just on a, a little bit more pl- practical um, uh, level, you you said you, you're covering 16 countries. doesn't mean that you are traveling all the time, but you are like, it's like <laughs> your New York Times uh, small travel office here for you in, in Central Eastern Europe.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, it's that is in my first year finding the balance is is the hardest part. And there are some stories, you know, you have to do. There's some events that happen that you have to do. The, the But I want to spend a lot. I think Poland is a really important story. And so I'm trying to spend at least, you know, no firm rule, but at least 30% of my time, 25, 30% of my time in Poland, because I think
1: this year is so important for the country. Do you have a, a term here or how does that work I mean, so what's the, your I mean
2: the general philosophy date, so I just. mean this is um, a bit old school but the general philosophy in the past had been you know for for bureau chiefs or, or foreign correspondents three to five years in a place the first year you're learning the second year you know you're starting to get your feet under you the third year you're kind of an expert by the fourth year maybe you're getting a little tired and not as interested in the curious things in the fifth year time to go but okay. I, that's there's no hard and fast so rule pretty
0: always. much like a like an ambassador or a diplomat first yeah year I wish learning. I could stay yeah. five years I'm, I'm, I'm at my third <laughs> You're I'm, working on it. It's I'm,
1: I'm not an expert, but I'd love to. What stay is your? And, what is the typical tour? Uh, for about three you guys. years for Poland. Yeah. But so do you have it set, or is it kind of? A it's you know when you come in what you're. Oh, you you're do expert. well for um, most for most people. Okay. There's different different agencies. I won't bore the listeners with all the different agencies and different people and sections. But three years is basically the okay. for, for Poland. For other countries that are maybe not as desirable, maybe two years.
2: And, and you for. got language training before coming. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah, Troszeczka.
1: Ah. <laughs> 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 I try. I, I use I, modest. I, when it's I speak Polish, I, learn, I I feel bad for the listeners, so I try not to torture them too Yeah, much, but no,
2: it is one of my regrets. I mean, because I cover so many countries, every time I learn a little bit of Polish, I'm off somewhere else with a yeah. more difficult language than Polish even. And it's a
1: challenge. To, yeah. Do you work with, um, do you interact with the Russian uh, bureau chief? Or Russian? So
2: I mean, we all, we all you know, we communicate obviously, um, but uh, and so, yeah, I mean...
1: I imagine that's a, a key bureau.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, and, and, and for Poland, you know, talking to, to our folks in Germany and and, you know, our main foreign editors are based in London. I mean, you know, we try and always keep the, the bigger picture in mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so
1: it's... And luckily, I don't have Ukraine in my territory, so I don't have to... to that's where I'm going next, yeah. so I can, uh, I can maybe introduce, I can meet your, uh, your counterpart there when I go. Well, <laughs> that's
2: out of the Russia Bureau. So, so, oh, okay. oh, so, so yeah, so they cover that out okay. of Moscow.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Mark, now uh, for a fundamental question. After more than 20 years at New York Times, can you say, with full conviction, this is the best job in the world? <laughs> The most exciting, the most fascinating?
2: I say my job is the best job in the world. I, I I wouldn't speak for everyone else, but no, it's it's amazing. And and quite frankly, you know, it's it's still run by a family who gives resources and provides not just the, the money, but you know, whether it's things around safety or other concerns You're referring really referring
0: to Mr. Zoltzberger, yeah. who is like a new young CEO who is not even forty, if I'm right. Right. Who is whose uh-huh.
2: father was the publisher before and, right. and the grandfather before. And so but they they're just committed to, to they they understand an essential truth, which is what makes the New York Times is the journalism. Whatever way we convey it, whether and whether it's new forms of storytelling, whether it's videos or
1: graphics or other things, at the core of it is trying to tell a story about the world. I think that's a good place to stop for today. Um, Mark, enjoy your rest of your time in Poland. Thanks for stopping by. Um, thank
0: you. That was a great honor and a great, great, great pleasure. Thank
1: you both. Good luck, yeah. And uh, tune in for the next episode of Marikawa. Take care. Thank you.